Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back to the White Lotus Podcast here on Post Show Recaps. It's the Feedback Show Variety Hour. Love it. My name is Ariel, and I am joined by my friend who I gave a brooch to because I wanted to put a star on a star. It is Dr. Amanda. How are you? Hello, Ariel. Thank you so much for my lovely brooch. You know, I'm totally coming around on these brooches now. <laughs> I, th- I, I famously said that you shouldn't wear one unless uh-huh. you're over 65. But, um, you know, I realize I am a star and I deserve a star. So I'm worth it. I thought you were going to say, but I realized I am over 65. So <laughs> oh, no, not yet. No, you could never. Um, okay. <laughs> or hopefully you will. Hopefully you will. You just don't look that way now. We're off to a wonderful start. Uh, but uh, we have our feedback guest, someone who I've been very interested in speaking to and getting their takes on this season so far. Uh, I think we had him on early goings we definitely had them on for season one mm-hmm. we haven't heard from this person about season two this mystery person wow. so i have no idea what he thinks maybe are we even going to reveal him or should maybe we just we'll keep just talking? keep it yeah maybe we'll just keep it a secret the whole and time and in the very goal. last second it's me the mystery <laughs> guest oh my god whose voice <laughs> is that figure it out it's josh wiggler hey. hey oh my god ariel did you knit that little knit cap you're wearing right now Absolutely. Looks so, looks so cute. Adorable. I oh got Italian gosh. wool in order to make it. I'm really excited to be here with you both, Ariel and Amanda. I do come bearing bad news. I've come to reassign you to the beach club. Uh, I was worried about that. Yeah, yeah. your off front oh, desk no. duty, too chatty. We've been laugh- your own laughing show. too much. <laughs> I knew it. I Gotta it. get you off the, the guest the- complaint. Yeah, we're going to have you do the Strain Rewatch podcast instead of the White Lotus. So uh, sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Yikes. Wow. Better this stock up on sucks. sunscreen. Get a big floppy hat because we're going to the beach club. What am I going to yes. do with the beach club? Yeah. Can't just even like believe, can't even believe that. Uh, no, just kidding. You're both killing it. Unbelievable. Really fun coverage here on the White Lotus. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. We're so honored to have you. And we would be honored... If listeners subscribed to the White Lotus podcast feed, if you haven't already, search for Post Show Recaps White Lotus, or you can use the URL for your podcast catchers, postshowrecaps.com slash white lotus. 
rate, review, subscribe. We're going to get a season three. So, you know, we're going to get, you know, we're going to be back at some point. So. I can tell you right now, the podcast has been renewed. So that is exciting <laughs> oh, news. Oh what a live, live Very exciting live. news that the White Lotus Poster Recaps podcast mm-hmm. will also be back for a third wow. season. Incredible. So you got to subscribe. And um, if you become a patron of Poster Recaps, you get the ad free white lotus sweet pineapple sweet experience mm-hmm. so you yeah. want that mm-hmm. you commercial free white lotus podcasts at every level when you go to patreon.com slash post show recaps yes it's like watching it on a, it's like watching the podcast on hbo no ads it's wonderful yeah. basically yeah i think it's pretty close yes so how do we get our podcasts on hbo is my next question <laughs> okay I'll, H- I'll workshop that HBO offline podcasts yeah <laughs> that's the new channel we'll work that offline Josh, we mentioned we had you on for season one. What's going on with you in season two? What's your relationship? Let's, uh, dig, I, let's dig deep. I'm having a really fun time with with season two of The White Lotus. I think, uh, you know, it's not, especially in our circles and post-show recaps, being uh, the, the, the sister network of RHAP and some shared DNA, therefore, in the reality TV space and specifically mm-hmm. Survivor, uh, which was an experience that Mike White has seemingly taken with him uh, you can you can leave the game, but does the game leave you? Uh, oh. And so much of that, I think, has been on the White Lotus since the beginning has been a big read of it for me is you could really see the survivor DNA in the White Lotus season one. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way in which season two structurally in terms of form feels very similar to season one has only cemented this idea that I have in my mind that the White Lotus is dramatic survivor. It's scripted survivor. Oh. Like that is that is where we're at. Every oh. season is sort of beginning and playing out very similarly. It, there's, you know, somebody has immunity at the start of every season. You can oh, rule out. Yeah, uh, Daphne has immunity, you right? Can, you can oh. rule out Daphne. I believe uh, Valentina also uh, has yeah. Valentina and Rocco. They have immunity. So three people uh, went, uh, they won immunity. I don't know if they, they won have the, the super idol. Well. They have like the Yule super idol. They have to be working together, but it seems like they're going to do mm-hmm. that, which is very mm-hmm. exciting. Somebody has been voted out, and we don't right. know who. Uh, Somebody. Yeah. Multiple yeah. BODYS. <laughs> multiple BODYS. Uh, so we'll see. So we'll see who that is. And yeah, I think that there's just a lot of ways in which. You can imagine why a third season is such uh, such an obvious yes from HBO. The mm-hmm. show is doing really well. People are still talking about it. Uh, and then you can imagine like the ways in which the location will tweak things ever so slightly, but it's very similar to how it is on Survivor, certainly in the early days when the show was actually moving from location to location every season, right. uh, like the like the subtle changes to the theme song, all of that right. stuff. So I think that it's really fun to have a format that you can tell a bunch of stories in that is somewhat familiar every time. I imagine season three is going to begin very similarly with like, there's a few different clusters of people that we're going to follow. Mm-hmm. We will see tribes, their arrival. If you will. They're very much so, you know, like you had like the, the three tribes last season. You have a bunch mm-hmm. of different tribes this season. Uh, I expect that'll be the case for the third season. So once that, uh, ha- once that, you know, that first episode of season two was playing out in a way that felt like such a, such a deliberate shadow of season one, 
it made me feel like Mike White is leaning into something here. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've got a format. I've got a structure. I've got thoughts on people and human nature and different aspects of humanity that I want to explore through this format that really works. Uh, and it really works. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm having a blast with season five in many meaningful ways. It's so different to season five, season two, in many meaningful ways. It's very different mm -hmm. from season one. And I think it's great. I've been having a really good time. A lot of these characters are wonderful. And some of them I cannot look at anymore. I'm so, so anxious. <laughs> so anxious by some of these people. I'm oh so God. more, to that point, I'm so much more nervous for everyone this season than I was last season. Um, but to your point about the structure, I totally agree. And Grace and I were talking about this a little bit on Poster Recaps Theater in our coverage of Glass Onion, colon, and Knives Out Mystery, that it's like the same thing that, or it has similarities in that, you get new people every time. It has a similar structure. You kind of know what you're getting into vibe-wise. And then just let these people play. And I imagine as an actor, this is my point about Knives Out, and I feel like it's similar here. As an actor, like a one-season commitment for this fun show, why wouldn't you want to do it? It's like a no-brainer. And then you yeah. can get like really you know heavy hitters acting. Unless you're actors. Jennifer Coolidge, the Boston Rob of the White Lotus. Oh, there you go. The returning the returning player. Unless Amanda, she's in Murder Mansion, uh, which I, is not impossible. I think that that is, that oh, is no. very, very likely. Um, so it sounds like season two is holding up for you, Josh. We've heard different opinions for, I've seen different opinions out there. Some people are saying that they don't feel like it's living up to season one. I've seen people saying that they are enjoying this more. Do you deign to compare these two seasons? How is it stacking up for you? Um, I don't have a strong feeling of like, uh, you know, this is, I, I think season one is still ahead of season two because we know everything about season one there mm -hmm. is to know and we have to mm -hmm. see how this lands. I'll say that, uh, you know, the way that season one of the show wrapped up wasn't like the most enormously satisfying part of watching The White Lotus for me. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, some of the some of the landing points for some of those characters I could have uh, I could have done without or I would have been happier with different outcomes. Really, the the journey of The White Lotus season one was much more the thing for me. So season two could potentially land in a in a stronger way. I don't think that it can fully surprise you the same exact way that season one of the show did. And I wonder if it um, maybe lacks uh, a little bit of the depth of the types of things that season one was exploring. But I think that there's a lot to explore with the with the issues of like uh, fidelity and mm -hmm. uh, marital strife and all mm -hmm. of the stuff that's being explored here in season two. And I think like the hypersexuality of season two has been like dangerous and seductive mm -hmm. and really, really fun. So I haven't spent a ton of time being like, it's no season one of the white Lotus. <laughs> I've just been on Sunday nights. Emily and I are strapping in and we're watching it and we're both screaming at the same points. Yeah. And being like, Oh yeah. God, Albie, no, you know, like just like all of this stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so we're having, we're having a good time yeah. over here. At, I'm not thinking about it that hard at this point for me, it's like comparing an arancini to a poke bowl or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. It's like, you know, they're different. It's a different dish. It's definitely, um, you can have an excellent version of both of those things. And I really think that if we had seen, season two first season one would have felt like it was lacking some of those elements since we saw season one first you know i i understand a lot of people are longing for a singular performance like murray bartlett's whereas i think this is much more of the strong ensemble mm -hmm. sort of spreading the wealth around 
So it's definitely different. Maybe you like season one more. Maybe you like season two more. But I think that they're both really excellently executing on this format that Mike White has stumbled the upon. White Lotus is like pizza. Even mm. when it's bad, it's good. Now, that is, that, not that, that, that is not true. That is not true. Pizza can wow. be bad. Pizza it's true. Can be bad. It is true. I it hate it true. when people say that. I, know, because I, know. I do not want to eat bad pizza. I won't eat it. <laughs> I won't do it. Get it out of here. <laughs> this is almost as strong as your just, face take. I, just don't yeah. like, I don't like it when it tastes fishy. I've never yeah. seen um, your face do that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. The White um, Lotus is a Sicilian slice of pizza. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. It'll murder you. Yeah, it could um, kill you. Yeah. My, yeah, my thoughts quickly on like the season one versus season two, because obviously this is a thing that as the season gets in, you know, this was the anti-penultimate episode. We are moving on now. At next. Love saying that, ultimate. I love saying it. Anti-penultimate. Yeah. It's, like an, it's like the anti-past. It's mm-hmm. like, you it know, is, that's, yeah. this is the anti-past <laughs> of the White Lotus. Love that. Uh, meat and uh, cheese plate. It's a good time. I felt like White Lotus, th- this is how I just feel emotionally, like taking qualitative out of it for a second or quantitative rather uh, and doing just like qualitative for a second. Mm-hmm. I feel like White Lotus season one completely and fully colored inside the lines. And I mean that in a positive, like no space was left like un uh, untouched if you're like, you know, color penciling the edges. And I feel like this season is like has exploded and hat and like is painting completely out of the lines and is messy and deep in a way that frankly, I don't think season one did. I think it was like cleaner. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with season two, just kind of not really knowing where feeling less like I know where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense to me. Yeah. Especially here at the end of episode five, I feel like the potential energy has been building so much. We had so many, um, like the other shoe dropped in so many of these storylines that we're following. It feels like there's so much potential. Um, I'm seeing people in the discord sending us feedback. Um, Lots of conversations on Twitter happening. The theorizing is just wild at this point. Yeah, are there top theories on the board to the point, like, are there theories that feel like spoilers? Those are always the theories that I look out for. Like, there was in Westworld, season one, mm-hmm. and I'll even just, it's, it, the show's been canceled. I don't know why I'm being <laughs> protective of Westworld. Uh, but there was like a foundational twist at the uh-huh. end of season one of yeah, Westworld right. that people in episode two were through. Like, I think that's what's going on. They were right. Does it feel like any of that is happening with some of the theorizing? Or do you feel like there's a bunch of different plausible theories out there as to what's going on right now? I think the, I think the, some of the Greg theories feel like they could, for for me, frankly, like the, the, the Greg theory that I'm hearing most loudly to me feels like completely ridiculous and i mean that in the sense of like not that it's not plausible i would just i feel like i would be unhappy with it but um, is he planning something really nice for tanya is that what's going he on? got her a nice present that's a subversive mm-hmm. one that i actually kind of like that yeah. he's actually gonna turn into oh yeah i mean i think I'll, I'll tell you what i think is the really smart and kind of wacky thing that mike white did with the season the fact that we know that any number of our main characters between one and all of them except for Daphne could die is very brilliant because I think it leaves so many things 
on the board. So if somebody has a theory about this is what, you know, this is what's going on with Greg, this is what's going on with Albie, they could both be true. You know, it could both be true. There's no sort of process of elimination happening. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. There's nothing that seems so out there that I'm like, if this, this has to be a spoiler, I feel like Mike White is playing with us because he knows that it could be any number of possibilities. So I think that some of these roads, some of these breadcrumbs are going to lead us to nowhere. Um, and I think that that's intentional, which is very, very fun. Um, but um, I think that there's a lot that's uh, on the table right now, along with those meats and cheeses and arancini. Mm. And I would like love to just start start getting right into it. So we talked about these Greg theories, Ariel. Mm -hmm. Do you want to yes. represent some of this feedback that we've yes. gotten from our listeners? Uh, we got a lot of feedback about this, but I think this one... Uh is kind of a good Can we, uh, not cousin greg is like the leading uh the leading source of intrigue here on oh, the what, I'm, i guess i'm very saying. disconnected from the discourse no mm. i think i think for sure i would say the top two things are greg and like the ending of this episode the, the quentin, quentin and yeah. jack mm -hmm. dynamic mm -hmm. but to me and, that one's a little mm -hmm. bit more black and white and the fact yeah. that people are like wondering about that i really hope scary. that the next episode begins with tanya marching right up to jack and uh <laughs> splashing water in his face and saying, you kissed your uncle. <laughs> I want that. Is your mother his yeah. sister? Oh, I want that. Um, yeah. So we got, speaking of the Discord, we got this message from uh, Matt from Michigan who said, could the Wyoming cowboy that Quentin fell in love with be Greg? Ooh. My thought is maybe Greg and Quentin actually did fall in love and now they go around scamming people like Tanya. Uh, just seems so convenient that Greg showed up when he did in season one, which in re retrospect, in fairness to Matt, this is Ariel now speaking, in retrospect is kind of suspicious. Um, back to Matt. Then when Greg left in season two, Quentin swept in so quickly. Um, you know, Greg never reciprocated Quentin's love. Quentin has since followed him around the world out of jealousy. So this blonde cowboy from Quentin's story, when he tells Tanya about the only time that he ever fell in love, this mm -hmm. cowboy made the unforgivable sin of aging, which, mm -hmm. you know, happens. Maybe he's wearing a brooch right now. I don't right. know. Mm -hmm. Do we and think... And being straight, according to Quentin. Mm -hmm. um, do we think that this cowboy was, in fact, grew up to be a little someone named Greg who would marry our very own Tanya? Is that a secret connection between Quentin and Greg? That that feels like a lot. That feels like a lot. <laughs> yes, happening. That like ascends to a level of surreality that I don't know this show is is Capable going for. Of. Surreality mm -hmm. TV, you know, mm -hmm. uh, is a totally new genre. Um, I have a hard time seeing that. I do. I think because Quentin and his entourage seem so entrenched in Sicily that mm -hmm. uh it does like this would have to have been a very long con i yeah. feel like in order to ensnare tanya and greg into mm -hmm. their like if they're like sort of like a traveling he road would do, show. he would still do anything for this cowboy josh i guess all time later so also so so here's i guess to fill in the blanks including like going through some sort of like oceans 11 style like rigorous <laughs> months of planning and training <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's going to hop out of like the little cart and do gymnastics? You know? <laughs> no. um, so we're My lower back never. 
Never. We're skeptical of Greg, right? Because he's the one who plans this trip to Sicily. Mm -hmm. It was his idea, we know. Um, he's very disappointed that uh, Portia comes along. So he did not want Portia involved. And we know that it's not because he requires Tanya's undivided attention, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I think that there are reasons to be skeptical skeptical of Greg and I've seen less involved theories that don't suggest that Quentin is Greg's former lover but rather that Quentin is somebody that Greg hired that I that I see that I can see it's mm -hmm. not necessarily like top of mind for me mm -hmm. but Greg hiring somebody to take care of it uh, mm -hmm. because he signed the prenup and everything. If they get divorced, he's not getting the money. If she dies, that could be a very different story. Uh, mm -hmm. So that I could imagine. Uh, and you could imagine that Greg and his line of work might not be uh, completely adrift when it comes to the prospects of tracking down and hiring assassins. It's still like so dangerous at a level that I don't feel like the White Lotus typically operates, but I, I wouldn't, that wouldn't... Um, that wouldn't floor me in a way of like, wow, that's like remarkably improbable. Uh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's a good reason that Greg needs to be the ex lover. Like, I don't think, I just don't think we need that. It's a bit too cute. Also it's cute. Not hot. I think, yes. I think that it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like barely cute. Not hot. I, and I honestly, this is so dumb, but like, Greg doesn't strike me as a blonde. He just <laughs> doesn't. And I know he's bald, but like I, even his little like patchy little. I saw what hair. Uncle Rico looked like. like that's you know, what I'm saying. He even had a big, wig. healthy hair, brown hair. Right. Uh, and and he did as well as Roger Linus. So uh, Greg's a brunette for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. I think, uh, Ariel, was it you or was it you, Amanda, who was saying that he that uh, that Quentin is just like cribbing Brokeback Mountain? Oh, somebody, somebody said that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, did mention, I did mention. Yeah. I think that that tracks more for me that like he would look at Tanya and be like, I don't even have to have like a very cohesive story. I could just right. pretend that my life and That's my true. history is Brokeback Mountain. Yes, that right. is the Queen of Sicily. Right, yes. <laughs> yes. Mountain. Yes. When we talk, yeah, when we talk about the function of that story, it could be that this is his way, like he's luring Tanya in, you know, with this sad story of his long lost love. And then he wants to shift the attention to his real focus, which is, you know, maintaining this palazzo, which probably has him, uh, you know, house poor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Emily, uh, Emily and I are watching the show together, of course. And mm -hmm. she, she had this real moment, I think even before the final scene of the episode with Quentin and Jack, um, she turned to me and was like, I think they're going to try and kill her. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's not like, that's not this show. They're not, like actively trying to murder people. But at the same point, what am I basing that off of? That no one got murdered on purpose, at least in season one. Uh, so Oops. You know, there's been a lot of, you know, suggestion of that kind of danger. But I, mm -hmm. I do, I don't know, I do kind of feel like the lover's quarrel is so central to the ideas here in White right. Lotus Season 2 right. that if Quentin is trying to, like, not just take Tanya's money or take her for a ride in that way, but is actively trying to, to kill her for some reason, it would have to, I imagine, be involved with Greg to some degree. Because I think that that thematically would make the most sense, um, given everything else that's going on with the with the themes of the show this season. Yeah. Still Here's... hard for me to totally see it, but 
Yeah. Right. That Greg, that Greg is, is E in on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I did see this one. Uh, we got a piece of feedback from Denise a who sent in this email that I actually really like just the, and my initial reaction to this was like, Oh, I love this. Uh, I think Greg is going to save Tanya from the high end gaze. Cameron and, and uh, <laughs> Harper will have sex, but she'll find out that her husband really was pretty innocent, but just the idea of, of Greg being, a hero like we've seen tanya and him be so like disenchanted but the idea that perhaps he could be a hero and they actually fall back in love is like so innocently stupid and silly but also like i could totally see tanya doing that i don't hate this i mean i'm a little bit at a loss to figure out how does she get out of this mm -hmm. uh like tanya and portia are in pretty deep uh, I think uh, you were talking, both of you, about how Tanya, not the most reliable narrator on a good day. Uh -huh. And and Portia has expressed how, how spacey Tanya is and her distaste for Tanya and how she wants her new line of work. Uh, and I think, didn't Tanya even say, was it this episode or last episode? Like, do you think I'm spacey or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah, am I oblivious? Yeah. I'm Portia's sorry, like, I was dissociating. And, and Portia's like, no. But like, almost spits out her coffee and then says no. But Tanya saw what she saw. And what she saw was the uncle and the nephew having sex with each other. And so that doesn't quite add up. And that's yeah. either uh, we're being conned or this is some Targaryen nonsense. Yes, it is the HBO network. You know, it is, so it's, it's in the playbook. It's all in the family. Uh, so <laughs> I know that this is a, yeah. it's about the family this season uh -huh. of the show. But I didn't realize it was that kind of family show. Uh, mm -hmm. So how is she going to convince anyone to, to help her out um, that she has seen something? Is she going to keep this to herself? Are we going to come to see? And I think that this would be fun. Uh, that like Tanya push come to shove may be more capable than we expect from her is there going to be some sort of display of uh, strength and audacity from her I think would be really fun I don't know what that looks like but I'm here to find out uh, but I am I'm nervous for Tanya in a way that I wouldn't have even thought to be that Tanya has risen pretty high on the list for me of like someone who might not make it out of the season. Yeah, the situation for Portia and Tanya feels perilous. I'm really worried for them. Um, they're 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 basically trapped here uh, in Palermo with these people who are increasingly seem to be up to no good. Um, I do like this idea, Josh, that maybe Tanya is going to have a bit of a face turn here and show that she is more capable and more with it. Like, I feel like this season has been pretty tough on Tanya. Like it wasn't exactly the most flattering portrait in season one. And we definitely have that ending where she, um, you know, ends up, snubbing belinda and we well, hate she got that. a curse cast upon her as a right. result of that uh, yeah, so as, you know, she, as she as she cosmic deserved. justice yeah um, but i do i do feel like this season has kind of beat tanya up even more like she's not very um sympathetic here she's terrible to portia i mean we do feel badly that greg's is uh seemingly unfaithful to her but it hasn't been a great season for her. And I think that given that, you know, Mike White might want to subvert our expectations here, he's built so much peril and dread around her with all of the talk of suicide and bodies in a heap at the bottom of the ocean. Um, it would, it would 
subvert those expectations in a fun way. I think if Tanya ends up having a heroic moment and actually saving Portia right when they look like they're perhaps in the most danger of any of our characters. If if the White Lotus season two ends with Tanya McQuaid uh, going full action movie hero mm-hmm. and destroying <laughs> Quentin's whole gang and saving Portia and like throwing Portia over. So come on, Portia, we got to go. Don't look back at the explosion. Close your eyes. The carnage is too much for you to bear. Uh, oh like that is God. the dream ending for it's me. Like for Nic- it's like her, it's her Nicholas Cage moment. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. Oh. I want her. I want to see her go like, Full, uh, full, full Con Air Cameron Poe on, on these fools. Mm. Yeah, that would be yeah. incredible. You go through all the trouble of bringing Jennifer Coolidge back. Like, I do feel like she needs a shining moment that maybe th- I don't know that the show has given her yet. So I definitely yeah. reserve the possibility that that's coming. I like that. And I, I think one of the death. things, one of the things, yeah, a big death or like a like heroic some- death. To yeah. your point, a little Dr. Mana. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that would work, but I, I felt like this episode was the first time I had felt like any kind of like um any semblance of camaraderie between Tanya and Portia when Tanya's like, You're having sex with him downstairs. <laughs> I'm jealous. You know, like it was kind of funny and like it was sort of like she was like, Yeah, have fun. You know, like she was sort of just like, Okay, that's cool. So like I, I think like some moment by the end of this where the two of them can see each other a little more clearly and therefore see themselves a little more clearly would be nice because I think you go into season one of the white Lotus and the initial journey with Tanya is she's just a ridiculous person and she's kind Mm -hmm. of harmless. And then as the season's going, it's like actually what she's doing to Belinda is like pretty harmful and really careless Mm -hmm. and like, um, uh, like aggressively careless. Uh, And so coming into season two, that's the taste, right? Like that's the taste we were left with. And it is fair that season two has only explored that further. Some of like the darker, rougher edges to Tanya that can we go up now? Can we like go right. further up the hill? Uh, I would love to see. I would love to see if the show can do it. She's in a really dangerous spot, which is which is fun because her story like was a lot of woe is me. And now there's some actual uh, real, I think, like plot momentum behind her. Which yeah, is, uh, which is great. What um, does she do with this information, Josh? question whether or not she saw what she saw mm-hmm. like did i sleepwalk last night you know like <laughs> i don't know i mean to the point of what she saw we did get uh mm-hmm. from our friend fitzy Fitz, uh brendan fitzpatrick do so we so do we think jack and his uh oh he said definitely not uncle because there is a question of are they related that for me there was not and to be clear I am saying the fact that the show did not say it means it is somewhat open to interpretation. But my read personally was absolutely not not related. And this whole thing is is a scam. But it seems like there is a question for some people. Well, did they I I, I have not gone back and checked the tapes, but uh, like what was was there anything uh, up for interpretation in the language that Quentin uses in introducing he Jack? Specifically said his no. naughty, his naughty nephew, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> indeed well then it's still in the in the mix i yeah. don't think that it's off the table i don't think that we can yet just a hundred percent rule out that they're not related somehow uh yeah. you know i think that's absolutely still in conversation until proven one way or the other like they right. could be just you know uh scheming tanya and that they are uh, working together in some capacity and they're also lovers and all of that 
could be that they're doing that while also doing incest is a total possibility. Mm-hmm. They're distant uh, cousins. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty low on the incense, uh, the, the incest theory. Not the inc- oh, I think I'll we might about- want to light some. To be yeah, right. No, no, I do have an incense story later. But right now, while we're talking about the incest, I, I don't think that they're related. I think that maybe um, it's possible that Jack is an escort or he's a partner in crime among other things um you know like like you said josh it's still i think in the text that allows for both interpretations and we don't know for sure but i will be very 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 surprised if um if this is not um if if they are in fact um related and not yeah. this other type of relationship mm-hmm. yeah targaryen or not quentin uh-huh. and jack discuss yeah yeah, I feel like they're fairly close to old Valyria right now, so I don't Ooh, know. Right, the doom, the doom could be coming. Yeah, the doom yeah. is coming. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot that's open to interpretation in this episode, and people are running wild. Um, so. Uh, when, when Ariel and I reported recorded the podcast, let's move on to the the uh, Cameron and Daphne and yes. Harper Ooh. and Ethan uh-huh. plotline. Um, the trainer. Yes. Gosh, we have this story that Daphne tells about her trainer, who's such a cutie with his blonde. Uh, hair and big blue eyes she shows the picture of her children instead of showing the picture of this trainer um do we think what what is is what is daphne trying to get across here to right Harper? so so what happened in my household was very similar to what happened on the podcast mm-hmm. with the two of you mm-hmm. uh where uh the the scene happens and she says do you want to see a pic and she shows her the phone and it's the picture of her kids and Harper says, it's just a picture of your kids. And Daphne says, oh, is it? Okay, I'll see if I can find it later. And she takes it. Emily mm-hmm. turns to me and goes, they're, they're the trainer's kids. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Emily, you should have Emily on the show. Much sharper yeah. than me. Uh, <laughs> just just report. Just swap, with her, right yeah. swap yeah. with her right now. This is She's efficient. Fit. Just text her all of our questions. <laughs> right. And we'll yeah. read them on the pod. Yeah, babe I'll, I'll do some babe texting. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she's she's paying much more attention, I think, than than I am. She's locked in. And so she mm-hmm. she clocked that as well was her was her take. And I think when you when you hear that, uh, it's really hard to unhear, which is, I think, the position you were in, Amanda. It was like, oh, wow. OK, I yeah. hadn't thought about that, but now I can't not think about it. I think it's another instance where um, it's being left open, at least yes. right now. And I feel like that might not be a door that has to close. Mm-hmm. I think that they can keep that open forever, uh, no matter where the it. rest of the story is going. I, I prefer I, it, honestly. I would as like, well. I have my own like genuine interpretation of it as, as far as how it came across to me. But to your point, Josh, the fact that they don't, just like the other thing with, with Quentin and Jack, although I'm sure that we will actually get an answer for, here it's like, it's actually more compelling to me if they don't say it or if they don't uh, clear it up as to whether that's what she meant, because it's more compelling. Like I said, and honestly, it just doesn't really make narrative sense for Harper. If she didn't catch it in the moment for it to come up again. Yeah. And Daphne's like sharing of it was so like, Oh, you didn't never mind. Like the look, I feel like Daphne's vibe in the last few episodes has been, I'm I'm a much more complicated person than you are giving me credit for, and this just falls in line with that in a way that yeah. I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I got this great piece of Twitter 
feedback um, from Julia's blocking advertisers um, that Amazing. was first, and, and, and it's sort of in real time, she changed her opinion about that scene. She says, um, in my opinion, Daphne showed Harper the picture of her kids as a warning. She saw how Cam had been touchy that night and was reminding Harper that there are children that could be hurt by an affair between the two of them. Um, and I did feel like there was part, like that was my first reaction is like, oh, she's talking about this trainer, but she's really invested in her family. And this is some expression of that. But then a few hours later, after obsessing about this all day, I'm completely wrong. She was 100% <laughs> admitting that the trainer fathered so her kids. <laughs> that emphasis on blonde was a huge clue that I walked right past. And um, I think that, you know, that the show doesn't need to give us a definitive answer to that question. But, um, you know, we also have to think, what does Harper hear? Right? Like, well, how does this affect Harper and Harper, I think, is getting this message that nobody is faithful mm -hmm. in this world, that you can't trust anybody, that your vision of what a marriage was where you and your husband share everything and don't have an unvoiced thought that, you know, maybe that could exist, but it can't exist with Ethan anymore. So now there's a whole new Harper that is unleashed into this world. I want to see what it's going to look like for Harper when she sobers up. You know, like how much of how much of this day is she taking with her, you know, and like, what does she like when she wakes up in the morning? Because she's been drinking and she's like deeply wine drunk by right. the end of and the night. Raging. Yeah. So you imagine that in the morning it's going to be it's going to be tough. And, and I think based on this episode and the dinner scene specifically, it's you know, it's pretty clear that at the very least, if Cameron's not like actively trying to sleep with Harper, then at least it's like that display of dominance that he is like mm -hmm. gesturing at. It's a, what was it that Ethan said? The mimetic. The mimetic uh, desire. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Woo. Learning big words mm -hmm. here on the White right. Lotus. <laughs> like uh, flexing. Yeah. It's uh, the mimetic desire uh, yeah. that he is expressing. For me, I'm a little uh, at a loss for like, if, if it didn't happen in this episode, I don't know how Harper and Cameron end up in bed together unless maybe Daphne is involved in it as well was the other mm. thing that I was thinking because I, I have a hard time picturing Cameron and Harper together, but for whatever reason, I have a much easier time imagining all three of them together, or all four of them with a very awkward Ethan somewhere. Ethan would be in so the uninterested. Yes. He would be. He would have to be like deeply bullied into the situation, especially if he was like. on Molly again. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, real, real quick. In the interest of of representing the the entire spectrum, I will read this piece of feedback that we got from Carson D about this uh, Daphne trainer thing. I don't think it is logical to interpret Daphne as saying not only should you cheat on your husband, you should have a baby with someone mm -hmm. else. <laughs> Which in those, with, yeah. in fairness to Carson, in those words, it does seem excessive. Yes. Um, she's simply saying having a baby. She's simply saying have a baby. Uh, we, we've seen she is obsessed with their children and misses them so much. Wild interpretation, and I can't believe you convinced Amanda of this. <laughs> how, how dare you, Ariel? Drag me down to your level. I mean, Look at I what you've done. I do think it's fair to voice that, and I think like there is for sure just like the very straightforward, reasonable interpretation is like make yourself happy, grow your family, yeah. forget she about your dipshit husband. Baby, but she yeah. can't compete with the porn. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. And I think intern I, gets triple 
banged. Mm-hmm. This is why, uh, <laughs> it's really why, it's very hard to compete with that. Yeah. This is why I wanted to read it because, like I said, the show hasn't hasn't uh hasn't said one way or the other, and I kind of hope they don't. And Doctor yeah. Man, I'm sorry for the record to drag you into my shame. I, you, yeah, you did. You dra- Wait, what was the dragging dragging you into my shame? I feel yeah, like that Lucia. That's right. Mia to your Lucia. What is podcasting if not dragging your co-host into your shame? <laughs> my own personal shame. and our listeners, if they're lucky, yes, they get to yes. go with us. If they allow yeah. us, right? Mm-hmm. They have um, a little bit more agency. They can hit stop. You right, are kind of locked true. into finishing the record. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. So while while we're talking about this foursome, um, which may or may not become a sexual foursome, um, mm-hmm. let. Well, we're we're again reminded in episode five that Cameron has not yet paid Lucia. Um, for her services, what I'm, what do we think is going on with Cameron financially? Oh, he's got like, he's got problems. You talking about Cameron Madoff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing that it's it's interesting for me. It's maybe with Ethan, like he's now in a position where just like his shittiness as a person is winning out over his desperation for money. But it feels mm-hmm. like this trip is like in a big way. Like I'm hurting and I need help and I need to yeah. like lean on like this this uh, like my my old college roommate this beta uh, mm-hmm. to like give me everything that I need. Uh, but now he's like you know just like self destructing and uh, ruining whatever her shot he has at that is what it feels like to me. Um, the other read again is like if he's not secretly broke or hurting for money is that he's just a terrible guy Uh, and so he's just going to try and ghost them and leave sicily without paying them any money because he's just a trash person Uh, i think he's he has demonstrated enough to to give me just that yeah he's a trash person and that's what's happening right Mm -hmm. because if daphne can get to the atm and take out money to make a molto italiano christmas then you've got to think that that Cameron can get his 1300 euros. Like it doesn't seem like no matter how hard up for cash he is that 1300 euros is a make it or break it expense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he bought, he bought a whole new wardrobe here already. He did. Uh, and like, and he it bought, looks really good. It does look great. And it's hotel clothes, right? He got this all at the store within yes. the white Lotus. The and so like yeah. the white Lotus is going to mark all that up for sure. Like you're buying <laughs> your clothes at the hotel. So you're paying a premium for your laziness. Uh, so he mm-hmm. is getting, you know, he is paying like, I'm a lazy uh, five-star hotel patron money mm-hmm. for that clothing. He's paying more for his wardrobe uh, by like a magnitude of at least but like you, two or three. You could become a patron of post-show recaps for <laughs> much, much less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We will take all the lazy patrons we can get. <laughs> you don't even have to leave your podcast. We, we don't have <laughs> any problems with lazy patrons here. We yeah, but we it. also won't wait for you to go to the ATM. You got to pay up front. Yeah. Right. You do have to pay up front. Unfortunately, yeah. you can't get in. With yeah. Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the other big point of controversy that I'm seeing discussed on social media and in the Discord is what is going on with Lucia and this Alessio character that we are first introduced to in this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. I liked the idea that this is a, um, that she's like, she has sort of had this Eureka moment with Albie being sort of like the key to unlocking her problems. Mm-hmm. And that now 
there is this sort of greater scam that she's pulling. And this is like a friend or somebody who she can rope into her con uh, and, you know, project the image of like, I'm in danger, blah, blah, blah. In this moment, I do think that that's, I do think that's fun, but I also kind of feel like if that's what's going on, the show and it doesn't feel like this is the show in the same way that like in survivor when someone is scheming and it matters to the plot we see the scheming happening we mm-hmm. see we see those machinations in in play it's very rare that we're the ones who are blindsided uh which is why i think the the quentin and jack scene was is one of the reasons why that was a really surprising scene uh is because like i don't think that we get a lot of like scheming that is a surprise to us the characters are who they are for us mm-hmm. by and large on on these two seasons of the white lotus I, think for the most part um Mm -hmm. so i feel like if this is some kind of con we were deprived of a scene of like lucia is like enacting this you know and Mm -hmm. like going to the like that like we've seen uh like with mia she went to the pianist right like she went to giuseppe and like all the scenes and we see her in this episode going to to valentina like this is the scene that we would be missing for uh the direction that this would take if like lucia is like trying to sort of set albie up i think that lucia is the better survivor player than mia um but because i do think inherently inherently i I agree with that i i i i I, first of all stand them both i would love to see both of them on survivor they would be amazing there is Um, a parvati amanda quality to the two there is black widow brigade indeed um so Sari at Miss Gigi on Twitter um, had this piece of feedback. We do see Alessio in episode one for five seconds. He says a friendly hello to Lucia while they're on their way to the boat of incoming guests. So your theory that they're connected as friends makes sense to me now. Okay. Yeah. So I think that it, it I haven't gone back to watch episode um, one, but I did get like so I, I i think in episode one we get enough clues to know that lucia does not have somebody who's representing her in this no. regard that she's mm-hmm. you know that she's doing this on her own and then finding out that this alessio character is somebody that we've already seen um before like i did get the impression that the initial hello from alessio is very friendly and then mm-hmm. there's probably and welcome like, and it's probably like, oh, is this the guy that I'm supposed to pretend to rough you up? And then she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he puts mm-hmm. on the show. Um, Got it. Okay. But yeah. we don't, yeah, we don't get, we don't get the confessional to camera, but we do get, you know, her saying sort of. It's like some late unique... stage survivor yes, editing. Exactly. Yes, it's just exactly. like, oh, they the have new, to nullify her. We're in the new era of the White Gosh. Lotus. <laughs> I, Josh, before you even mentioned Survivor, you were talking about Lucia and I had that epiphany. I'm like, oh my God, because you had mentioned Survivor earlier, but I just, I mean, this, this past time that you mentioned it like three minutes ago, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but I'm talking about it. Holy crap. It's fine. You know, no one, no one will know outside of this. We laugh too much. We, I was like, holy crap, this is exactly like Survivor when you're watching like it's the best kind of scheming is when you're kind of half when you're watching the player kind of craft it in real time and mm-hmm. it feels so organic like it's just mm-hmm. like oh this i have been presented with this situation and now i'm going to capitalize on it in a way that i am completely fooling everyone around me but actually and possibly even surprising myself but I know people really well, so I'm going to use that to my advantage here. 
I love this. And she's so good. I, I really want it to be that, that she, that Alessio is part of the scam because I think like Dr. Amanda said, we have clues that he could be like in on it or at some point became in on it. We know that she loves to DM because that's how some of these people mm -hmm. have gotten in touch with yeah. her. Yeah. So she probably DM'd him. Um, so I, th I think she's, I agree with you, Dr. Man. They'd be great on, on Survivor. You've convinced me in real time on the podcast. You're dragging wow. me into your shame, both of you. <laughs> Welcome to my shame. Yeah. I, I feel like, like I feel like I feel like Harper at the wine tasting. I'm like rubbing my hands together. <laughs> Let me drag you into my shame. Is she uh, is she gonna try and uh, marry Albie? Is that where this is going? Do we think that there's gonna be some sort of like I'm gonna Harper? marry out? Al yeah, Lucia, uh, Lucia, Lucia, yeah. Lucia. Uh, I mean. So my my theory, Ooh. my pet theory here is that we 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 hear from her twice that going to Los Angeles is her dream. And yes. I don't know if that's just her line, if she says that to all of her clients. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think that that both of these women might want to go to California. Um, we saw that Mia was wearing a California shirt a couple of episodes ago that finding that hitching her wagon to some, you know, rich, naive American seems like a pretty sweet deal for somebody like Lucia. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a reach, right? Like no matter how mm -hmm. charming and beautiful you are and how naive and innocent Albie is it's a really big ask to expect that he will become your boyfriend and bring you to America after a few days but I don't know if well if could, anybody would do it I think it's Albie could could well it would be Albie and then could some of the so she's got some leverage in this situation, mm -hmm. of course, considering her relationship with uh, cousin Christopher mm -hmm. uh, with with Dominic. Uh, could she like go to him and be like, uh, like endorse, endorse this relationship or I'll tell him what we got into. Like, is that she's, oh, she's no. keeping that card in her pocket for sure. Black, for some reason. Blackmail is yes. definitely the other angle. Here like what that, that ends up being, mm -hmm. I don't know, but like she has that card and that's something that Dominic mm -hmm. is aware of. Uh, she doesn't only have the key card to Bert's room. She yes. also mm -hmm. has this card. Yes. She also yes. has the card and the ability to charge all of it to one yes. of the rooms. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sure does. So I'm I'm really interested to see where that goes. Um I'm I'm like I'm deeply, deeply nervous because I, I think she's a tremendous character. She's playing a very dangerous game. I don't want to see her get voted out, uh, but you know, hard to hard to say how that's gonna go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sad, potentially could be for her, but we don't want that. We want no. her to be victorious. Yes, at least I do. Yes, I do as well, very much. So, do we have any other feedback that you want to get into, Ariel, before we start talking about our death theories? Because I think that there's a lot uh, more that we can discuss Ooh. when we get into that uh, uh, Greg Lies Who Dies game that we play. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody pointed out that Rocco is where this is from uh, at Miss Gigi. Rocco's yes. wearing his front desk uniform in the first episode, seemingly, right? We're not, yes, sure, it, it does seem like the the uh beach bum i'm saying beach bum in my head but i can't remember like the beach uh, club yeah, the beach club, yeah. the beach club area has a different uniform um but when he's informing her of the bodies in the first episode it seems like he might be back at the front desk so did something happen maybe he's oh, speaking really, blackmail maybe yeah. he was like listen here valentina 
I saw that brooch that you gave her <laughs> and I'm going to tell the HR manager, whoever, that you're abusing her unless you put me back. On right. The, uh, I, ha- the- I have two minds about this. Um, I think it's possible that he's moved back to the desk and that's why he's wearing his uniform. But the fact that he knows about the bodies makes me think that he might have been closer to the beach and maybe he just didn't get his new uniform. That's true. Yet. Because, because like, she's learning about it from him in that yes. moment. Wow. Maybe he becomes the manager of the hotel. There's actually like a swap. <laughs> and then Valentina gets to further. flirt with Isabella all day. Wow. Move both. She moves herself and Isabel to the mm. beach club. Like, screw you, Rocco. We're taking you out. Yeah. You're the problem. I don't know. I like that. We'll have to see. Speaking yeah. of the beach club, um, some people were upset with me that I defended Valentina for moving Rocco to the beach club. To be clear, I was there. Okay, here's here's my take on this. Because there is someone there is Gosh, I, I'm am I pro- was I being problematic? By, no, I think I think by it was saying that she was right to move him to the beach club. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I, I think, think yeah. I, I I think your point was a little more subtle. I haven't listened back, but my interpretation in the moment was your point was more so. And I agreed with you that Valentina was acting inappropriately as a manager, like in her in her power. Yes. But also Rocco was being unprofessional, whether or not. Yes, there is the important aspect of whether Rocco's like clear, somewhat clear romantic advances to Isabella are welcome or not. I think that is valid. But separate from that, just from a manager employee standpoint. Right. He is absolutely being way too social with a person in a very public portion of the hotel. And he really shouldn't be talking to her, period. So I think it's a little bit more complicated than just, you know, and obviously for sure, to be clear, Valentina moved him for personal gain. But I'm just saying she did have a little bit of a leg to stand yeah. on. And I do want to yeah. underline that Valentina has been inappropriate in her advances at Isabella. Like what mm-hmm. like what do you what, what do you think of the brooch, Josh? Are you a, a brooch, brooch guy? Have you oh, ever yeah. got have you ever gotten Emily a brooch? Is uh, brooch bro code? No. no. Brooch code. Brooch code. Uh, <laughs> no, I have not broached that subject with Emily yet. <laughs> The question of a brooch. Uh, no, that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the topic of Valentina, though, I've uh, I have uh, busted up podcast teams for less, you know. So like, I can't <laughs> I can't really uh, throw stones here for personal gain, for jealousy, just for fun because the chaos was worth it. Just for fun, we so can. like I really can't weigh in as any kind of moral authority yeah. on what Valentina did in this episode. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're on the topic of Valentina, Josh, I'd love to hear your take on Valentina as our manager here of the yes. White Lotus Sicily, because this is, a, you know, Murray Bartlett made such an impression. As Impossible to like follow that. Yes. I think a really, really hard task. Uh, and I and I really do like Valentina a lot as a character. I'm still of the mind that the fact that Armand is no longer in the White Lotus universe is one of like. For me, that was a huge mistake. Uh, that is a character that I would love to have seen again, and I'm I'm bummed that it worked out the way that it did in season one. Um, but I think that she's I think that she's a really good character. She's just clearly not ever going to be what what that was. And I think that maybe maybe some of the ways in which her story is starting to mimic Armand's is is a oh, little no. bit you know it feels maybe a little stale in Uh that regard that like she's infatuated with one of her employees. Have we not been here before? 
Um, one of the things that uh, I, I think it was probably the right choice uh, that Mike White rules her out as one of the, the mm -hmm. murder victims yes. uh, right away. So it's like we're not going to do the exact same thing. Uh, part yeah. of me, uh, I had initially forgotten that she was in that opening scene. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I had said to somebody that I, I think it would be great if just every season of the White Lotus killed the hotel manager. Uh, and that's that's not the direction that it's ultimately going to mm -hmm. go in. But no. uh, hard act to follow. It's just Murray Bartlett, absolute king, uh, you know, so yeah. central to why the first season of the show worked so well. Yeah, I think I think for sure Valentina functions like watching Valentina. It doesn't feel stale to me because there's actually something even more tragic about it because we've seen it before and it feels like a cautionary tale turned up so much higher because we have seen how badly this can go. And to yeah. your point, we see that it doesn't go there at least as far as what we saw in the premiere, maybe there's a twist that the deaths aren't done at the end of the season, as far yeah. as what we've seen, Ooh. but I, but I doubt that the white Lotus blows yeah. up at the end. Oh, yeah. I do. I do want to like represent that opinion that, you know, going back to the well of romantic feelings about a subordinate is sort of retreading ter territory that was like done really well in a really like spectacular, um, unforgettable way in season mm -hmm. one. I had a friend of mine, Katie, was texting me yesterday about that exact thing. What I think is that what season two has done is sort of distributed the chaos elements that Armand had brought to mm -hmm. the White Lotus among um, primarily Lucia and Mia. They're the chaotic force that's connecting all yes. of the guests and mm -hmm. what i do the Did way the white that... lotus martyr armand so that his worst attributes could live on in yeah. the, <laughs> the cast of the next season f martyr but, abraham, yeah. oh, f f martyr. Martyr abraham. <laughs> but what i so but what i will say is like redeeming a little bit of what i was disappointed about with the valentina plot for me is now that mia is now using this to further her career like her read on valentina and her sexuality and that this opens up a possibility for mia to sort of explore you know just how much she's got willing to do in order to sort of trade her sexuality for the furtherance of her career as a singer um so this possibility now of what's going to happen if, you know, Valentina and Mia actually sort of fulfill what was, uh, you know, in subtext during this episode, I think that this is really interesting. What does this mean for Giuseppe? What does this mean for Isabella and Rocco? Like, I think that this is opening up possibilities and I'm really intrigued to see where that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I loved Valentina in the very beginning. She quickly rose to the top for me as far as like my favorite character early on. And while she hasn't gotten as much to do, I feel like her look to Mia when she looks up after Mia says, you're gay, right? And just like that horror stricken with some with some uh, happiness mixed in and just like that complicated emotion, the look in her eyes will stay with me for a very long time is all I will say. And is very haunting in a way that I will always give her credit for. It was a really good scene. It was a very, very good scene. Uh, and I, and I thought like a really great Mia scene as well. Uh, Mia is a character yeah. that I've greatly enjoyed on, on the show. Uh, like beyond the fact that she's just like a tremendous musician uh, and yes. uh, getting those scenes is, has been a, has been a delight. I think that her, 
her arc as the character uh, has has been really, really interesting to watch uh, throughout the season. Uh, like, again, just like uh, drink every time we talk about Survivor. But I think like the Parvati and Amanda mm-hmm. uh, comp is is there. But I almost think that just within Mia, there's like front half of the season, Mia, Cook Island's Parvati. Back half of the season, oh. Mia, uh, oh, wow. Survivor winner Parvati. I don't know. Right, right. Uh, like she's start, she's starting to make moves. We that love could, to see it. You yeah. know, so it's it, it you know, <laughs> and some of the ways are like kind of shady, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really I'm really fascinated with with that character and excited to see what the landing point is for her. Um, I think let's jump into speaking our... of landing points. Ooh, let's yeah. get into where some of these bodies might land. Yo, yes. might belong to. <laughs> Um, so, so Death Watch, um, I, I actually revisited our, um, the draft that we did, uh, in our first, uh, recap show with Rob Sesternino here. And I was looking at our draft teams and Ariel, I love your draft team. I think it looks really good. Look at Ari- me. I'm good at sports. <laughs> Ariel has Albie, Tanya, and Cameron. Mm. I think that's a very good draft team. Rob went with the uh, older gentleman. Lots of uh, mm-hmm. male energy here. He has Greg, Bert, and Dominic. Yep. Yeah. And I have Portia, Ethan, and Harper on my draft team. Josh, who do you think? Who do you think is looking the best at this point? Oh man, it's a good question. Uh, you have Ethan and Harper. I do. <sighs> And Porsche. Well, Porsche's in a pretty tough position right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no question about that. I do think, uh, I know he's not here, so I don't have to, like, you know, just <laughs> uh, say, like, uh, yeah, like, it would be smarter business, probably, like, one of you is right. But I feel like, you know, <laughs> if we're going to get out of here and Bert is still alive, that's kind of impressive to me. Uh, I feel like all those head injuries. Yeah. Like it's not just the age. Uh, you know, he has, uh, he's, he has shown himself to be susceptible to some measure of, of injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I guess that I would lean in that direction. Ultimately he had Bert, Greg and who, who was the other one? Oh, he had Dominic Dominic, Dominic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could, I could see a world where Dominic wants to, uh, be, you know, a more protective father for Albie than his father was to him in some sort of dramatic fashion where he doesn't survive the situation. Although that feels a little Hollywood for this show as well. I will just quickly say that dinner scene between Dominic and Bert was like incredible really powerfully done uh like like the like the uh like the the generational trauma and like the like i'm doing shitty things and it's not all because you did shitty things but it's definitely informed by it um and just the way in which like that was a really you know that's the kind of conversation that he he probably thought about having for many 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 years he has it and it is met with like the like the most solid of walls you know Mm -hmm, of like it is that simple we did just love each other Mm -hmm. i didn't do any of that was horrifically brutal that's Uh, yeah that's michael imperioli's emmy clip right there really good scene Mm -hmm. really good scene and like felt like really painful in like a very profound way uh yes in a way that was very unexpected for me to feel that strongly about this character dominic who i was kind of eh about and to your point josh i absolutely felt like it had been a long time coming because his words were so carefully chosen and it had that air about it of like i'm finally getting to say this thing that i've always wanted to say 
Yeah, it was the kind of thing that he had like this conversation had happened in his mind many right. times before. And then it happens and, you know, it is like that kind of thing where like, yeah, and so what? So like nothing satisfying comes of having the confrontation. Uh, so that was that was just uh, remarkably powerful. So just wanted to give some some yeah. shouts, shouts to that. Um, I think that... I think that there's a world where Tanya doesn't make it out of this. So mm-hmm. Ariel has the Tanya team. Ariel has Tanya and Ariel has Cameron. And I think that almost everybody has motive to kill Cameron yeah. at this point. We, <laughs> and Corey, Corey D in the discord, Diaz and David uh, said that given that the kids are possibly not cams, I see his death stock rising. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You bad. Yeah, I could see it too. And I think that they're, you know, the first season of the show eliminates Jake Lacey as a candidate mm-hmm. to die right away. And he's the mm-hmm. one you want to die the most. And so that was like a very clever thing that Mike White did there. And Cameron is probably the person you want to see die the most right now would be, I think, like as far as like the popular consensus would go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that's just going to be overly satisfying to do um but he he feels like somebody who uh is at the end of a rope um whether or not it's a literal one i think we're gonna find out um yikes i think that my leading theories in terms of who could be a killer in this group is um i think daphne is a stone cold psychopath Mm -hmm. i can see her intentionally killing almost any of these people yes yeah um and then i think Albie is fixing to walk into the tragedy of unintentionally killing somebody. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like trying to stand up and do the right thing and things getting out of hand and going sideways and Mm -hmm. um, and making a whoopsie. Yeah, I think I I think if, if last season is instructive at all and we don't know yet how instructive it is. Jake Lacey is the guy. Shane is the one we know is not dead at the start Mm -hmm. of the thing. And he is deeply linked to the person who is dead. So if that is going to follow through here by the end of season two of the white Lotus, then at least one, if not all of the people who are deceased in this season should have some sort of direct, uh, direct connection to Daphne. uh, You think? Um, So I, I, and, and probably have some sort of resonance for Valentina as well, since she's like an active part of that opening movement of mm-hmm. the show. So mm-hmm. I think that that would be, you would think problematic for, for Cameron, for Ethan, for Harper, but I also think then it could be pretty problematic for Lucia and Mia. And Mia, as well. right, yeah. right. Yeah. And we didn't draft Lucia and Mia um, in the first episode because we were focusing on guests and we know that they have since become guests. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that they're still on the board now with this extra link between Mia and Valentina, maybe even more so uh, Mia. Um, the other thing I want to say that's instructive from season one, though, is um, the red herrings abound, you know, so where mm-hmm. we saw, um, obviously, I think the front runner after the first episode is that Rachel's the one in mm-hmm. the casket and she is certainly not. Um, there were also lots of clues that it might be Quinn. So just because there's been a, uh, you know, a path led along the way, I don't think that might is necessarily where Mike White is going to be going. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Josh, would you like to play a game called F Murray Abraham? Oh, when I heard it the first time, <laughs> let's play a game. <laughs> when I heard when I heard F. Mary Abraham for the first time, 
it is hard to I could I cannot repeat the noise that I mm. made, but it was it was. Would a, you f Murray or Abraham that was, moment? It was. Yeah. I would. I would. I will Murray that moment. I want. I want it with me for the rest of my days. Uh, a, a howl, a squeal of delight. Uh, mm. Just a very very inspirational podcasting. Uh, yes, I would love to play a game of f Murray Abraham. <laughs> Um, so we have this, this version, you know, we try to mix it up. So we're doing, um, F Murray Abraham, different situations from this the really episode. feels like, uh, the, like the inside the episode, uh, on all of the HBO, uh, mm-hmm. uh you know, all the HBO inside the episode <laughs> when they're like, would you rather yes. uh, carry on or check in your luggage? Ooh, we're honored. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So F Murray Abraham dine and dash with Jack. Yep. The opera with Quinn. Okay. Or the winery with Harper. Ooh, very good question. Um, so huh, I think that I would probably have to mm, I think I'm gonna have to Abraham the Dine and Dashing with Jack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That feels like the closest to death and to being Abraham to myself. <laughs> So I uh-huh. think I just have to rule out getting mm-hmm. Abrahamed myself. Uh, now, while it would be it would be dangerous for me to marry the vineyard, I think mm-hmm. I'll have with the vineyard one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Go out on a high note. I'll have it one more time, and I'll marry the opera for okay. sure. Okay, let's go to the opera yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah. doesn't want to sit next to the Queen of Sicily? As long as it's the Phantom of, then I'm in for sure. Wow. <laughs> Huge Phantom props to the final cast of Fans of the Opera. Oh, They're so wow. good. I saw them the other week and wow. it was amazing. See, One I'm of the so best Phantoms I've ever seen. And I've seen a wow. bunch of Phantom wow. productions. I got to be honest. Yeah. See, I'm such a Philistine. Like, I don't know if I can hang with the opera. I could yeah. not marry the opera. I'm gonna marry not, the opera. It's not my. It's not my art form. Mm-hmm. Um, I the part like... of the opera I most like re- watching this. I was like, okay, I could be there. I could be there and sitting and crying. Like, I could yeah. absolutely mm. see myself crying. I would just you, don't know that I could maintain interest. Would you wear one of those like pretty scarves, Ariel, or would you wear the Ooh. beaded bag? I will you... wear whatever you want me to because you're the queen of Sicily. I'm the queen yeah. of Sicily. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I would love it because then I'll like so I'm married to the opera, so I'm like really in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I would start podcasting recaps of the wow, opera, post opera recaps. Yes, yes. Our yeah. sister pod um, or yeah. <laughs> I think I would. I think I'm gonna not make, to like, be confused with what Ethan is into, but uh, mm. a different kind of poor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think like I'm gonna be I'm just gonna be real with you. I'm gonna marry the winery. It's volcanic yes. wine. It's like it's good for you. It's good imagine, for minerals. Imagine how much say? my hair and my skin would be glowing if <laughs> yeah. I married the winery. And that's a really good point. <laughs> do they have good food? They probably it, do. It so like, I could probably like, just it looked get like they had an antipast. It was mm-hmm. a. It, it, yeah. I saw it. it looked like a nice spread. There was antipenultimate pot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna Abraham the opera and I think I'm gonna F the dine and dash with Jack. Have you dined and dashed before, Amanda? Or oh, are you no. not gonna I could oh, never. Yeah. I could yeah. never. And I was in the food I, I was a food server, so I would never do Were that. Were you like, dined and dashed upon? Yes. And then yeah. and then I had to pay for it out of did my Did you tips. have to like run after the person who did it the same I, way in this episode? I mean, I might have gotten as far as like right out the door, but I'm not gonna go a whole yeah. block after yeah. somebody. What would you um, do? 
you know, at that Not point. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I and then I would have to pay for it out of my tips, and that not was, cool. it was no good. It not was cool. not, it was not no. a good it's a bad situation. situation. Yeah, yeah. It was and a di- it was a diner on a college campus. Mm. It's a bad. Diner, yeah, that's where you're gonna get dined and dashed on. Bad situation. Yeah. Wow. Diner yeah. and dash. <laughs> Hate that. Diners, um, drive-ins, and dash. Diners and dashings. Yes. Um. Josh, well, this I, was so much fun. Yeah. Oh gosh, I I am enjoying this show very much. I I love the two of you together on a podcast, and when you've got a show like The White Lotus, you're cooking with gas. Oh. So uh, mm-hmm. great stuff from the two of you, and thank you for letting Thanks me play so F. Mary Abraham. Yeah, thank you for coming well. and hanging out with dream. us, and for not exiling one of us to the beach club. I'm oh, glad not yet. That we get to that. <laughs> Not yet. If we have too much fun, then yes. then maybe. Okay. No, but it's it, it's the exact opposite situation. You're supposed to talk to each other quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, so you're ah. doing your jobs quite well, quite well. Yes, we it- love it. I'm gonna be only at the beach club, but with an umbrella that I keep around me because uh-huh. I don't like the sun that much. Yes, yeah, um, gotta keep it shady. Josh, where can people uh, uh, find you? Great that question. That creepy, but you yeah. Know you well, I'm not going to reveal like my physical whereabouts. Uh, <laughs> that I'm going to keep under That's lock smart. and key. Yeah. Yes. Uh, at Round Howard, wherever you can find me on the internet. Uh, I am, uh, of course, uh, reachable in the Post Show Recaps Patreon Discord when you sign up at patreon.com slash recaps. Uh, I'm on a few podcasts right now. We've got a couple of fun things that are in uh, in the hopper. There's the Rob and Josh show where he and nice. I are talking TV every week, different shows, some TV headlines as well. We're talking James Corden's Mammals this week, the Amazon Prime mm-hmm. show that James Corden is the star of. As of this recording, I have yet to watch it. By the time Rob and I are going to be talking, I will have watched the whole thing. Uh, so yeah, I can't tell yeah. you whether or not I liked it, but the reviews were interesting that apparently James Corden can actually act. Uh, I don't know Ooh. if those reviews were written before or after his Balthasar. Uh, yeah, I was going to uh, say, you said James Cameron, uh, mammals looks like James Corden's omelets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see uh, James Corden on the White Lotus. Uh, I feel oh. like... Uh, that's a that's a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, mummy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I miss my mummy. Yeah, I think yeah. that would be good. That'd be uh-huh. fun. Uh, so you can check out that podcast. That's going to be out in the Post Recaps main feed, plus many others here on the PSR network. We that's love it. Mm-hmm. it. Twitter. What do you What do you all have going on? Oh God, not. I don't know. I don't know about this Twitter thing, but I always just give my handles in case. Listen, uh, who knows what's going to happen? Who does know what's going to happen? Uh, I am also on Twitter at that other Ariel. I'm covering uh, movies with Grace. So we're pushing recaps theater. That's always fun, and covering a super fun, but in like a darker way, uh, show with. Also, Grace and DM Philly, eighteen ninety nine on Netflix, which is from the same showrunners as Netflix other original series, Dark. Been really enjoying that. Um, I think that's everything, Doctor Amanda. You're the you're the Twitter Maven. How are mm, you feeling? I'm feeling great, uh, and I would lo- I've gotten a lot of new followers um, from the White Lotus, and people are carrying on that conversation on Twitter. It's been really fun. So, how please- is White Lotus Twitter versus Severance Twitter, Amanda? Ooh, it's oh it's um oh it's it's different. Yes. Um, I think it's a little I think it's a little bit broader right now. Severance took a while to cook up. There's like less um fan art and computer programs inspired <laughs> mm-hmm. by 
um white, white lotus but the, the, memes, the memes the memes are excellent actually i did have i don't want to go too far but since i had a reputation for being on top of the reddit yep. for severance i did look into the reddit <laughs> for white lotus a little uh. bit and there's a theory that mia's red shirt symbolizes blood therefore foreshadowing Ooh. her own death also it writes california on it so she will be killed by a californian which oh. is albie here so there are you can go down a rabbit hole if you want, which is always uh, fun. But ex excellent memes for White Lotus. Love it. Two. The meme yeah, is excellent. a very uh, mimetic. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a mimetic desire. Mimetic yeah. memes. Yeah. We love the memes. Please send us your memes. Please send us your feedback. This is so much fun. You can write to me, Ariel at pusherrecaps.com. You can tag one of us on Twitter. I'm again at that other Ariel. She's at Dr. Amanda R. Uh, and subscribe to the Pusher Recaps White Lotus podcast feed if you haven't already. Review, rate, it's very helpful. And like I said, we're going to be in here for season three. So you, you want to be here to stick around. Ciao. Stick around. All right. Ciao, Bellas and Bellows. We appreciate you all. Talk to you for next.